On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, the Jesse Winker trade is complete. We now know who the player to be named later heading from Seattle to Cincinnati is. We'll be telling you who and if his inclusion changed our minds on the trade at all. Plus a preview of the Mariners catching situation and two more players we're very high on heading into the 2022 season. All that coming up here on Locked On M's. Let's go. You are Locked On Mariners. Your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, March 30th, 2022, and this is Locked On Mariners. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested and if this is your first time joining us here welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this we greatly appreciate it and we're also now on youtube so if you're watching this hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and tell your friends most importantly i think that's what youtubers say now that colby you and i are youtubers now technically technically and uh, help us get help us get the subscriber count up, though. I think we're at 64 now. I think we picked up like 15 or so subscribers yesterday after our uh, our first video. Help us. Let's let's get to 100. Let's get to 100. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So let's get into our first topic of the day. We like I said earlier, we now know who the player to be named later heading from the Mariners to the Reds in the Winker trade is. And uh, it. I was under the impression at first that it was going to be one of the international guys who had recently signed, maybe someone like Gabriel Gonzalez or Starling Aguilar or someone like that. Instead, it's actually right-handed pitching prospect Connor Phillips, who was drafted in the competitive balance round B in 2020 of uh, of that draft and uh, out of out of uh, out of the JUCO circuit. And um, yeah, he's he's heading to Cincinnati to complete the trade. So the complete trade is Jesse Winker and A. Eugenia Suarez over to the Mariners for Brandon Williamson, Connor Phillips, Jake Fraley, and Justin Dunn. Colby, we had said at the time of the trade that this was a 70-grade trade if we're grading it on the 2080 scale for the Mariners. Obviously losing Williamson stings, but Dunn and Fraley, those guys might not have factored into the Major League roster anyway so you, you kind of you didn't really care about that adding phillips to this though does that change your mind does that lower the grade at all on this deal for the mariners for you uh yeah maybe a little bit i would still give it like a really solid like 65 um phillips is a, is a good prospect he is uh, somebody that you and i were you and i were uh, pretty high on um mm-hmm. but there's a lot of risk in connor phillips the stuff is is pretty good um mostly the fastball is pretty good but it's also it's not an elite fastball the velocity is very good but it's it's pretty straight there's not a lot of movement to it um and the off-speed stuff it it needs work and then phillips is a guy who's at least a year away probably two um Mm -hmm. but there is certainly upside there uh if the reds can can develop that uh second and third pitch um 
pretty safe bet he's going to end up in the bullpen uh, as a floor at least. But there's there's a decent chance that he's the number four starter somewhere down the line. And and you know guys like this pop all the time, so there's a possibility he's more than that. But from the Mariners' perspective, you know Phillips is a guy who they like, but mm-hmm. he's not going to help them for the next at least two years more than likely. And they traded from an area of depth. Now that depth took a hit because they traded. Uh, Williamson and Phillips here. Uh, so they can't go too crazy trading more pitching prospects, but they're still in pretty good shape. Um, even if you ignore the the top guys, you're still looking at guys like Adam Mako um, or here, Sam Carlson's still here. Uh, there, there's a lot of Michael guys, Morales, Bryce Miller. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who are kind of in this same tier as Connor Phillips um, who are probably on a very similar timeline as well. So it's you know it, it's a little bit surprising because I I too was under the impression um, that it was going to be an international guy. I believe we were told that, and uh, it ended up being very much not. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a little surprising, but uh, at the end of the day, the trade is still very good for Seattle, and it, it makes a little more sense now for Cincinnati because they can be really patient with Phillips and just kind and of see poss- what he mm-hmm. is. And it's possible the. You know, the player to be named later list that they gave the Reds included some of the international guys plus Phillips, and they just went with Phillips. So we don't know. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they already made their pick so quickly. I thought this was something that might linger for a couple of months. But, uh, yeah, clearly they got the information that they needed uh, talking about the Reds here. So overall, yeah, I, it doesn't change my mind either uh, on the trade, really. I I, I it may take it down from a 70 to a 65, but overall, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy that, you know, a pipeline rated as the Mariners 15th best prospect on Monday. We talked about that. I disagreed with that. I, I felt that he should be no lower than 11, but still I like, you didn't have to give up Harry Ford. You didn't have to give up, you know, Levi Stout, et cetera. I, I know this sounds like this sounds mean. I'm not being mean. I, I do like, Connor Phillips, but frankly, I really don't care <laughs> about losing Connor Phillips in the steal. It doesn't change anything for me. Um, you know, it, it sucks to lose him in general, but considering the fact that you just got one of the hitters, best hitters in baseball, and uh, you know, uh, uh, for for him partly, uh, along with a Eugenio Suarez, yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I can totally live with that. Kind of interesting trade tree here. I always find trade trees fascinating. Uh, here with Phillips, what and this kind of started, you know, Phillips's inclusion in this deal kind of started uh, back in 2018, May 25th, 2018. The Mariners traded Tommy Romero and Andrew Moore to the Rays for Alex Colomay and Denard Span. I'm sure everyone watching or listening remembers that. And then later on that year, November 30th, 2018, the Mariners traded Alex Colomay to the White Sox for Omar Narvaez. Then a year later. December 5th, 2019, the Mariners traded Narvaez to the Brewers for right-handed pitching prospect Adam Hill and the 2020 comp round B pick that was used to take Phillips. And now Phillips has been traded in the deal that helped the Mariners get Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. So what I'm saying is here, they got Jesse Winker for Tommy Romero and Andrew Moore. <laughs> I am not saying that. I am not saying that. Don't uh, don't don't get it twisted. But chills. Depoto did it again, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Tray trees are a lot of fun. Um, they're not always, 
useful um but they are a lot of fun and and it's always that was kind of one of the bigger deals so it's really fun to track that um mm -hmm. another pretty good one is the uh the uh gene segura tray tree mm -hmm. that that one's got quite a few tentacles as well uh, so yeah it, it's <clears throat> it's a fun little exercise but uh it just goes to show you man you never know you make a deal and you never know how it's ultimately going to uh impact the squad uh, and it might be take four or five years down the road before it all pays out. And it's, it's not like, you know, Jerry DePoto has this planned. Like he's like, all right, I'm going to trade him. I'm going to trade Narvaez here. And then I'm going to be able to trade Phil Phillips for, you know, Winker. It, like it's not, it just, they're not thinking about it like that. They're just thinking about mm -hmm. the next deal they can make, but it is fun to look back and say, okay, so how, how did, how did the Mariners end up with Jesse Winker and a Eugenio Suarez in 2022? And we got to go all the way back to 2018, and we start with Tommy Romero and Andrew Moore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> baseball's crazy, man. It, it's it's certainly it's certainly wild, and yeah, that's really the only trade tree. I mean, well, you could have the Fraley and and, and Dunn deals involved in this as well, but those guys are kind of just add-ons. They're throw-ins to the steal. I, I I would feel. I just for me personally, I don't know how or why or or if those two guys move the needle that much for the Reds. I guess clearly they did, but I don't know why really in this deal when we're talking again about one of the best hitters in all of baseball and Jesse Winker. But. So Jerry's decision to trade Edwin Diaz, even if you want to trace back further, to move Diaz to the bullpen where he would be dominant, yeah. has netted the team now through the trade tree, Jared Kelnick, Jesse Winker, A. Eugenio Suarez. Chills. Oh, and Jake Shiner, who is going to hit the, the walk-off game-winning home run in Game 7 of, of the World Series. Yeah. Of course, of course, yes. of course. Yeah, How, how well, could I forget? No, Jake Shiner was a different trade. He's not involved. He's that, in the that's the, that's the, the Yeah, that's the Segura yeah. tree. And then so, the, okay. then Fraley came over in the, what, the Zanino, Zanino trade. Deal, right? yep. Yeah, okay. So we got a Zanino tree here. We have the Segura tree here. And we have the Colome... Romero, Narvaez, all those guys tree involved in this. A lot That's of a actually like big tr trades in Mariners or in Jerry Depoto's uh, tenure kind of involved in this. It kind of be fun to see if we could make a, a, a trade tree with all of Jerry's trades. You know what I mean? Just like a big like <laughs> the family tree of Depoto trades yeah. and like see how many. I think many that's a content connect. idea. I think that's yeah. a podcast idea right there. Let us, I mean, uh, let us know in the comments below or on Twitter. That's going to take you, months. Yeah, yeah, that's going to take work. But if you're interested in, in hearing that or us doing that, let us let us know. Because I don't want to put in all that work if you guys do not care, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> all right, so we're going to be talking about the catchers, which is kind of a big topic and a big question mark on the Mariners roster right now. But real quick, reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great, and I'm sure neither do you. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, 
your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It also only costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make things easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us. So call me. We've been talking about the catchers all offseason long. The catching market in general was a barren wasteland this offseason, aside from a couple of names. So the Mariners didn't really have a ton of opportunities to get better. And because the free agent market was such a barren wasteland, it means that a lot of teams are more incentivized to request overpays for their guys via trade. So that just wasn't really an option for the Mariners. So they're rocking with Tom Murphy, Luis Torrens, Cal Raleigh to start the season. We'll see which of that, you know, what combination of those three guys makes it. It could be all three guys, especially with the roster expansion to 28 guys for the first month of the year. But the big name here, and this is a guy that you picked as one of your flag players, which we're going to do more of those later on in the show. But the guy that you picked on Monday, Luis Torrens, it's obviously been some big questions about how he can perform defensively. Obviously, we know that he can hit quite a bit. But so far, he's looked pretty decent. So how does Terenz and how does Murphy and Raleigh fit into this complicated little catcher puzzle the Mariners have right now? Well, let's start here. Cal Raleigh has wheels. He legged out a triple today. Yeah, um, <laughs> he did. He did. So, I mean, clearly it tells you all you need to know. He right should have had a home run, though. It bounced right off the top of the wall. It was, nah, it was pretty unfortunate. Room. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yep. Weight room. Big, um, big, big dumper. Uh, you know, he's he's lacking a little bit. You know. Yeah. He slimmed down a little bit. You know, just uh, a bit more cardio, a little more weights, <laughs> a little less cardio there. But uh, sure, like sure, like sure. I'm one to talk. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is it is kind of a, a unique situation here because the Mariners don't have a clear like number one catcher. Most teams don't, so it's not mm-hmm. all that unusual. Uh, but the thing with the Mariners catcher position is that it has a shot to be a black hole which is not good um you know murphy was better in the second half of last year really from about june on uh you know he was about i think an 85 wrc plus uh, from that point on which is again it's below average but you know it's it's workable you can live with it uh cal raleigh was just a disaster at the plate last year um, he desperately needs time down in AAA and Luis Torrens as well. We all saw him play defense last year. It was, it was 
some of the worst catcher defense I've ever seen in my life. So he's looked better behind the plate so far this year. But again, that's what, like 20 innings. So we'll see how that, how that works out. But uh, yeah, it is, it's kind of a dark hole and there, there's really nothing, you know, in the system that's, that's all that close uh, to even mm-hmm. push this. So uh, the catcher situation is, is one of the biggest areas of concern for this Mariners team. They need to get better there and getting better could mean that Luis Torrens is a, 40 grade catcher instead of a 25 grade catcher like he was last year and the bat makes up for the the lack of defense or maybe it's it'd be great if tom murphy turned into 2019 tom murphy that would be amazing or maybe cal raleigh takes significant steps forward so they don't necessarily have to fix this by bringing in somebody from the outside but as of right now this is probably the weakest position on the mariners roster um overall i mean it's not even like raleigh and murphy are like plus defenders behind the plate. They're fringe average at best. So, um, yeah, the Mariners could really use some catching help, but uh, it's it's going to have to come from within because, like you mentioned, there's just nothing in free agency, and, and trading for a guy right now is is going to be extremely difficult. Yeah, well, you and I talked about this off-air the other day. I would trade a lot for Sean Murphy or even Carson Kelly, honestly. Um, is that realistic? Eh, who knows? But yeah, if I'm the Mariners, that's probably, uh, you know, I know a lot of the focus right now is on getting another starter involved here or, you know, what have you. But I don't know. Catcher to me, I, I think would be priority number one. Uh, if, I, if I'm Jerry DePoto, if I'm the Mariners, I, I just feel like that is a huge area where you're lacking potentially both defensively and offensively. And that's a problem. Like yeah. you can live with a, with a catcher who's, you know, above average defensively, but below average offensively. And look, not a lot of catchers are good at hitting, right? It's pretty rare when you can find guys that can do both. That's why it's such an expensive commodity. But yeah, I just, <laughs> you, you need to do better than what you have right now. And I just, I don't really know what the path is to that. For me, it would be Murphy or, or, or Kelly, uh, Sean Murphy, that is, uh, or Carson Kelly. But I don't know if that's plausible. Maybe Wilson Contreras is available, but how much are you willing to pay for one year of Wilson Contreras? Like that that's the other thing that you got to take into account here. So, you know, with the current catching structure, um, you know, I'll, I'll ask you this. If the Mariners finish the season with some combination of the three guys that we're talking about, Raleigh, Murphy, and Terence, how do you feel about the Mariners? Are they a playoff team, or what's happened that has led to to those three guys still being around, or two of, two of those three guys at least being around? Hopefully, it means two of the three of them are having a good quality major league season. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those things. We know Jerry's not going to sit on his hands. So if there's a an issue at the catcher position, he's going to try and address it. But try is kind of the operative word here. And mm-hmm. if a team like the Cubs is still in it in July, or a team like, you know, uh, Arizona just won't tr- won't move Kelly or or Murphy uh, from Oakland won't move him. Like, is there a veteran on a one year deal on a bad team that would make sense? Not necessarily one year deal, but you know what I mean. Like, who's mm-hmm. that catcher on a bad team that might be available in July? Like. I doubt Mitch Garver's available because the Rangers are, I don't know what they're doing exactly. Um, maybe that's a guy though. 
you know, you just kind of look at it and you say, okay, well, where am I going to find this catcher? So they, they really need, um, you know, one of these guys to step up at least and be able to, to handle three or four starts a week. Um, I, I feel like, I, I feel like I, I'm pretty close to the point where I would just make Luis Torrens the everyday guy. Well, every day yeah. for a catcher, right. um, which means like what? Four starts a week uh, at mm-hmm. catcher and maybe one at DH. Um, and just roll with that because the defense is is bad. Like, don't get me wrong, but the bad is just so much better than what you get now. That it, And let's it's be really bad. Tom off. Murphy has regressed defensively. So yeah, he's, he's a 45, you know? Yeah. So it's like how much of a difference is Tom Murphy's defense to Luis Torrens, Luis Torrens's defense relative to the difference between their offensive profiles. Like you got to weigh that, you know? So it's like, how much am I willing to risk here on the defensive end for the offensive upside, which Torrens is, is much higher than the Murphy. Obviously Murphy, you know, had a great, 2019 offensively missed all of 2020 due to injury 2021 um, slow start as you mentioned but you know did hit well against lefties at least like he is usable uh, I would think but man you see some of his at bats they are rough the uh, the swing and miss stuff in the zone particularly is it's a, it's it's suboptimal <laughs> to to be nice about it. It's it's not good. Um, you just you can't live with that for a good portion of your season if that's the way that he's going to perform. Frankly, like if you are a team that is planning on contending, this is just not good enough. This is not good enough. Um, so unless you know Cal Raleigh uh, comes out of nowhere and, and is able to actually look useful at the plate. Uh, he's probably the 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 guy, and then Torrens is probably going to be coming in, you know, once or twice. And because I I, w- I would say that Raw is better defensively than than uh, than than Torrens, but um, yeah, you know, it's just you need Raleigh to hit. You need Raleigh to be able to hit and not look completely useless at the plate, which he did for most of last year. And that's why I've been hammering the point home that he should probably start the year in Tacoma. I I know he had a uh, a great looking hit off of Drew Smiley today. That's that's fine. That's great. But uh, yeah, he needs to. Uh, he he should probably start the year in AAA. Um, and then they just roll with Murphy and Terrens for the time being and. Hopefully Murphy can give you something, but if not, and, and as long as Terenz looks, you know, um, he looks at least competent behind the plate this, uh, this season, I, I I would say maybe it's time to move on from Tom Murphy because uh, you're not moving off, off from uh, from from Terenz with the potential of the bat. He's, he doesn't have any minor league options left, so you're going to have to sell him for pennies on the dollar if you're moving on from him. You might even have to DFA him. That's just not an option that I want to take right now. So we'll see how they handle it, but it's uh, it's a little it's a little sketchy right now behind the plate for the Mariners. So see how it all works out. We're going to be continuing flag week here in just a moment, picking a couple more players that we are high on. Real quick reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bilt Bar. 
This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low calorie, high protein. So replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A tip candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they will make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you, most importantly. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. So again, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. All right, so we are continuing flag week. We are planting our flags and some Mariners players that we are high on. We believe in. We think they're going to be great in 2022. On Monday, I picked Matt Brash. Yesterday, I picked A. Eugenio Suarez. On Monday, you picked Luis Torrens. And then yesterday, you picked Abraham Toro. You had the second pick yesterday. You get the first pick today. Who are you going with? Yeah, I'm going to go with um, probably one that most people are are would pick. Uh, Logan Gilbert. Uh you know, he got roughed up yesterday a little bit there. Um, so yesterday, day before, either way. Yesterday, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got roughed up. Uh, it happens. It's nothing to be that concerned about. Uh, we watched what Gilbert did last year, uh, pitching in the big leagues as a rookie with essentially one pitch of fastball. Um, and we've already seen him this year that the slider is is a little bit better. It's a little bit firmer. The changeup, he's completely changed the grip on that. He's throwing it a little bit more. I uh, saw a couple nice curveballs yesterday even, so he hasn't completely scrapped that pitch. Um, I wouldn't expect him to use it much, but he still does have it in his back pocket if he needs to steal a strike or something like that. Uh, I think you're going to see better off-speed command and control, um, and I think the fastball is going to be just as good as it was last year. And if you combine all that up, there's a chance we're looking at Logan Gilbert as a you know, 10-plus K per nine guy with sub-three mm-hmm. walk rates uh, per nine. And somebody who's you know going to post a mid threes FIP, you know mid threes ERA, and probably come pretty darn close to a four win season. Um, by comparison's sake, last year Robbie Ray was a three point nine win uh, pitcher by F WAR. Um, so yeah, I feel like Logan Gilbert. It, there's a good chance, less than fifty percent, but still a pretty good chance that Gilbert ends the year as the Mariners actual number one starter. Um, I, I think he's headed that way. And I, I think, I think this might be the year um, that he, uh, he kind of announces himself as a legitimate, you know, top of the rotation arm. Um, doesn't mean there won't be bumps in the road. And obviously I could be wrong, uh, but uh, it just feels like you, you watch what mm-hmm. this kid does, the preparation he goes through, uh, you know, the intelligence of which, with which he pitches, he grinds. He's very into the the spin rates and the in the biomechanics. Uh, the dude just wants to be great, 
and he was pretty darn good last year as a rookie, again, with one pitch, including being very good in September in the middle of a playoff run. Uh, and now he's already made some changes. He's already tweaked some things, and the stuff already looks even better than it did last year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm buying Logan Gilbert, sure. All right, well, I'm going to pick the guy that he was called up with last May, Jared Kelnick. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, look, I know he was terrible. He was terrible last year when he was first called called up. He had to get sent down. He got called back up and was still not great when he got called back up. But in September, when all hope was seemingly lost for the Mariners, at one point, I mean, we made an episode titled, It's a Wrap. This is over. I think it was early September that that, that came out. I think it was after the uh, they lost uh, two uh, or they lost four of six to the Royals and the Diamondbacks at that time. And yet they were able to control their own destiny at one point there towards the end of the towards the end of the stretch. And Jerry Kelnick was a huge part of that. In the last month plus of the season, Kelnick slashed 248, 331, 524 with a 135 WRC plus. He struck out a, a fine 24.6% clip. He walked 10.2% of the time. I think he was third on the team in WRC plus during that month. I mean, he started to figure it out. He started, you know, he made some changes. His stance got back to, you know, what it was when he was down in a ball back when the Mariners traded for him back when he had his first year in West Virginia, Modesto, et cetera. He just looked more comfortable. He looked more comfortable at the plate. This spring, he's come back. He's gotten bigger. He's not going to be a center fielder. Like, let's just be real about that. He's not a center fielder anymore. He's just too big for it. Muscle-wise, he was bad last year in center field, mostly working his way back instead of moving forward. He was actually pretty good moving forward. You have talked about that quite a bit um, on here and on CTZ as well. So ideally, he's playing in left field, and that seems to be what is going to happen with Julio Rodriguez probably making the opening day roster as the opening day center fielder for the Mariners. He, by the way, Julio had a great leadoff double today off of uh, Drew Smiley, your boy, Drew Smiley. Today. Yeah, things have gone downhill for him since. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cost was, the Mariners uh, at least three runs at this point. So. Oh, really? What else happened? I, I, I didn't. Yeah, know well, you, you know about the, the base running blunder. Um, yeah. He lost yeah. the ball in the sun, and it led to, to two runs being scored. Um. Yeah, so also he looked, apparently he looked quite overwhelmed in his second at-bat, struck out on three pitches, just kind of like without without really even trying to, to shorten up or anything like that. So, yeah, it, it's been a little bit downhill for Julio today, but, I mean, overall, still insanely talented. And, yeah, still let's, probably the opening day center fielder. Let's chalk it up to the uh, base running gaff as uh, messing with his psyche for the rest of the afternoon. Let's just say that. Well, that's not a good sign. <laughs> well, uh, that just took him out of the entire game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just say that it's for one day and one day only. How about that? Sound good, Julio? I know you're listening right now. Uh, <laughs> so back to Kalnick. Yeah, I, I think the way that he built off of last year and now he's come back, he's made some more changes. He looks bigger, which is a little concerning. The batting stance is different again. I'm not a swing guy, obviously, but I, I assume there's also some mechanical changes that, that come along with the stance change as well. 
Uh, he hasn't looked great this spring, but ultimately, you know, you and I, we don't really put much stock into anything that happens, at least from a statistical standpoint in spring. He's also been kind of unlucky. He's put some pretty good drives on balls. There was that one ball where he hit it to deep center field in Peoria and Stephen Kwan center fielder for the uh, guardians made it just an amazing over the shoulder catch stuff like that has happened to him this spring. I'm not concerned about it. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, at least solid for the Mariners this year, but I, I, I could see him looking more like the player we saw in September, maybe not over the course of a full season, but I think we'll still see bits and pieces of that maybe over a more extended period of time and start to see a Jared Kelnick that looks more like the Kelnick that we ultimately expected. Obviously his profile has changed quite a bit, but so we got to adjust for that a little bit, but you know, I think he's going to be, you know, near the top of uh, home run leaders for the Mariners this year. Um, I think he's going to hit for quite a bit of power and um and he's still got speed he's still athletic you know he's still yeah he's he's muscle bound <laughs> to to the 10th degree but uh yeah you know I, I i he's still an incredibly athletic guy still an incredibly talented guy um i believe in jared kelnick frankly and uh and i think he's going to be pretty good this year so anything you want to add before we hop off here for the day maybe skip the weight room once a week jared um <laughs> Perhaps some yoga. Uh, yeah, just you, you don't have to play baseball with, you know, grinding grinding your molars. And it just kind of feels like that's what Jared's doing again. Um, Dude looks like a middle linebacker. <laughs> like he legitimately looks like he could run for a thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, behind a pretty good offensive line. So, like, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's impressive. But, you know, it's not impressive hitting a buck 82 with a 225 on base percentage. So we'll see if it works. Um, he's also just 22. He doesn't even turn 23 until mid-July. So no reason to panic either way. But, yeah, it's, you know. Might be time to lean up a little bit. Yeah. Get on the Julio Rodriguez diet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it works out for him. But, yeah, he, he has had some bad luck uh, this spring. And, you know, strikeouts are a little bit concerning six strikeouts in, in 20 at bats you know you can do the math there 30 percent mm. not great but um i think i think ultimately he'll he'll be he'll be okay yeah yeah it's just you know a lot of national folks right now are writing him off they're saying he's a bust they're saying he you know i've seen a lot of articles where he's like you know five players i'm down on and five players i'm high on and pretty much every single one of those lists jared kelnick is in the down portion and it's just Let's let's calm down. I know the, the the first half of his major league debut was dreadful. The second half, particularly September and the you know few games that he played in October, were a lot better than that. He was a quality major league hitter in the month of September. So let's see uh, let's see him build off of that. I, I think he can. So on that note, that's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues present and past it's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow peace